Hi, this is Haley Moon, and I am the author of The Rose of a Big Boss, A Book of Self-Love, and you are listening to Moments of Grace with Dr. Butler. Welcome to Moment of Grace. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because, uh, you know, it's it's been several years now since I have officially retired from corporate America. Um, I was reading a study uh, a few months ago, and, and this was probably indicative of most of the positions I held, uh, whether I was was managing or, you know, had a manager or whatever it might be. Uh, And one of the studies said that um, most people really, really love their jobs. They they really do. They they love the the work they're doing. Um, I think it was Thoreau or Byron that said, if you find what you love, you, you'll never work. It was Twain, excuse me. Let me back up. That was Mark Twain. If you find what you love to do, then you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. And so that's, that's true. Um, but unfortunately, and, and this study brought this out, that we don't leave because of the work. We leave because of people. Um, studies have shown that the, uh, an adult from age 20 to 60 will have anywhere from 11 to 15 jobs. Think about that now. 11 to 15 jobs between age 20 to 60. So from your working life of about 40 years, you'll have 11 to 15 jobs. Used to be you would have a job all through your life. And But now the, not, not the job, it's the environment now. The people that you work for. And I'm just sharing this with you guys real quick. Um, One of the last jobs I had before I left corporate America, I literally, literally hated going in, not because of the job, because of who I worked for. My manager was absolutely hideous. Kept me on my knees, kept me praying. And I had to come to a realization something my dad used to say is that it's not the person, it's the spirit in the person. There are many a days, <laughs> I'm just sharing with you many a days. I had to say, dad, that's them. They're just, <laughs> just evil. <laughs> but I got through it. And if you're listening to me, you will too. My guest today has gone through some of what I'm talking about. And in fact, She's turned her pain into prosperity and she's turned around her experiences in corporate America to be very successful at what she's doing. She's a podcaster. She's an author, self-developed advocate. And I'm here to tell you, she is on fire. I would like to uh, introduce to you all and welcome Genesis Kemp with us here on Moments of Grace. Genesis, welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Andrew, for having me on your show and sharing space with me. And I love your introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I tell you, you and I have uh, we we've you kind of gone through the ringer. But I'm not here to tell your story. You're here to tell us you t- tell your story. You're here to tell us your story. So, share with the audience about yourself, Genesis. 
Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for carving out some time in your busy schedule to listen to what I have to say. Um, all glory and honor goes to God for allowing me to still be standing despite all the odds and the trials and tribulations. A little bit about me. I am first generation American. I graduated from the University of Houston. So go Cougs. I <laughs> I spent a total of 15 years in corporate America as a whole. 12 of those years were spent in the oil and gas and energy sector, which for those of you who may or may not know, it is a male dominated field ran by the good old boys club and Caucasian male. So when you are a young African-American woman, um, such as myself, trying to break into a space where you don't see a lot of people that look like you, um, there is a sense of resistance. There's also a lot of preconceived notions, judgments, microaggressions, and etc. But, and when I say but, hear me this, I say but God, because had it not been for God, who was the head of my life, like where would I be? Because that was the only person that kept me grounded, kept me from not going back to BC. That's before Christ, y'all. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were times where, you know, I kind of just wanted to just pull up and let somebody have it. But I said, no, no, no. Let me not give them the satisfaction that they want. So fast forwarding, uh, that's just a little previews of me, but I am a creative content writer, motivational speaker, inclusion and diversity enthusiast, because I'm super passionate about bringing everyone together and making sure it's equitable. And lo and behold, I'm a human being just like you all, but I'm just in a different season right now. So um, whenever you're listening to this segment, I just want you to be mindful that we're all going to go through things but the most important thing is while you're going through your season how are you reacting to what you're going through and are you trying to flip the script are you flipping those negative things into something positive that is going to propel you further down the line so true so true and you know uh, genesis the the uh issue in in corporate america and I think I, I wrote something a few days ago about don't apologize for the boxes you don't fit in. Um, mm. There are certain boxes that um, even though you have the position, even though you have the job, and I did, 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 did very well, was uh, one position I was in. Um, my site out of 17 or 18 other sites uh, was considered the, the second best site that, that we had uh, working for a, a contractor. Um, but I was inundated daily, um, almost intellectually berated because, you know, there's certain things, certain um, buttons that you can push and say without saying it, without being uh, derogatory. And so my uh, manager knew this very well. He knew he knew how to be uh, as as uh, coy as possible and also be as brazen as possible without getting to the place that we had to go before HR. And uh, so that's 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 the other side of it. You're gonna run across people who think you should fit in a certain box. Don't apologize for those boxes. You're unique. Um, God has made you who you are. And the people that are trying to put you in that box, they'll try to get you out of, <laughs> out of their space because that's what it's all about. Getting you out of that space 
because you don't fit in that box. And Genesis, I would imagine some of those boxes, like you said, it was male dominated, Caucasian. Uh, you didn't fit in, in some of those boxes. Correct. And I didn't see myself as a person that was a box fitter because I'm like, I wasn't born in a box. Like I wasn't birthed through a box. So I don't want to be in a box. And I'm like, the box is for the afterlife whenever God calls me home. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But now you're, you're also married when you were in corporate America, were you married at that time? Or uh, uh, because I know for me, my wife kept me grounded the the now you was you were saying the before christ i, I was thinking about when i was in the military and, and and you know when we talk about people and i'm just being totally honest with you guys being totally honest there there, there were days when i could understand somebody walking in a place and hurting somebody uh, there were those days and and if it had not been for my family number one uh, and number two, if it had not been because there were days I just asked God why, you know, the why came up. If it hadn't been for my family, my relationship with 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 uh, with Yahshua, I can't guarantee that that if I had been in a different place and a different person, um, that that this the, the some of these guys would not have been hurt. And and they can try to drive you to that. The sad part is, is that they're trying to do that. And that's the, that's the wicked and evil part of that. And if you're listening to me, you may be going through this. You may have a manager, a supervisor, or somebody that's in position over you that doesn't want you in that space, doesn't want you in, in, in their space. Um, but you're going to have to persevere. Uh, Genesis is going to share with you how uh, she persevered and got past, past all of this. But before she does, we're going to take a small break, Genesis, and when we come back, we want to talk about your book. We want to talk about what where you are right now, and and what uh, life what, what life is like for Genesis Kemp at this point. Okay. Okay. All right. This is Dr. Butler, and we're talking with Genesis Kemp. Um, this and again, like I said, she's a firecracker. I'm, I'm here to tell you guys this this young lady. I don't care whether you're on, in social media. Uh, or whether you're, uh, you know, uh, online, whether you're on YouTube or whatever, she is all over the place and she is making her presence known in a very, very short period of time. I'm so, so proud of her and what she's doing and love her spirit, love her heart, her compassion and her passion for what she's doing. And you'll hear as you as we continue to talk, you hear everything that, that she's gone through to get her to where she's at right now. But before we go to break, I just want to remind you that you can persevere. You can overcome, but it's all left up to you. This is Dr. Butler. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back and after these messages. Hello, my name is Adriana. Did you know that there are half a million amazing kids in foster care? I wrote a book called The Crystal Kingdom to bring awareness to amazing families like mine. When you purchase my book on eBay, a portion of the proceeds will go to a foster care organization to help these amazing families. Think in advance, like my dad always says, keep the light on. The In Conversation podcast series with author 
Nigel Beckles. Please join me for interesting conversations with interesting people, featuring interviews with award-winning authors, relationship and life coaches, therapists, and a wide variety of people with intriguing stories to share. Interesting conversations with interesting people. Available on all major podcast platforms now, 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 now. The In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. We're back and uh, listen to the ads that you just heard here on Moments of Grace. We need your support. We need your support. We need your support for the, the podcast. We need your support for the sponsors you heard. Uh, the books and, and everything else that's going on. And we're talking with Genesis Kemp, this young lady who I said before break is, is just a, a firecracker. She is uh, such a blessing, such a blessing. And she is taking um, not just social media, but media by storm uh, with her book, um, uh, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America from the Pit to the Palace, as well as her podcast and everything else that she's doing. And before we went to break, I was asking her about uh, was she married while she was in corporate America and and how uh, her her spouse or fiance uh, dealt with everything that she was going through. So welcome back to Moments of Grace Genesis. Thank you so much. So to answer your question, I was engaged. Then I got married in 2018 to my amazing husband who keeps me grounded and on track sometimes when I could, you know, be that human, you know, God has to check me every now and then. Um, (laughs) But yes, my husband did keep me grounded, especially when I was going through my trials and tribulations. But outside of my husband, my parents really kept me grounded and more so my dad. Like I, um, my dad and I were super, super, super close. I recently lost my dad in November of 2020. Thank you. And it was the hardest thing like I ever went through because when you lose a parent, like there's no words that can express it. But it felt like sometimes like when I was going through like my battles, I could go to my dad because he gave me that spiritual comfort. Like he was like, okay, let's read what the word of God says about this. And we will pray it through. And sometimes when you're going through trials and tribulations, you don't necessarily need to go out to the horizontal. You need to go, you know, go upwards and take it vertical so my dad was you know he helped me take it vertical because even though I was going through my season my husband was also going through his season with him being a chef like not only just having his own business but then also working for somebody else too so you see there was different parallels going on there and since he wasn't in the corporate setting per se um he always you know was a was in leadership roles and management roles and all of that whereas the roles were reversed for me i was at the bottom of the totem pole working my way up that corporate ladder so a lot of times i would come to him with various things that he may not necessarily understand and i remember one day he's like get you some girlfriends to talk about this because when you come home don't bring that energy into home into the house because our house is a place of peace it's a place where we rest it's our sanctuary and that was so true 
because we all have to balance work and home life balance or those work and school life balance, which when I got engaged, I wasn't just working full time, but I was going to school at night to get my degree. And then I had to come home and, you know, be that, be a fiance. Then after being a fiance, I had to, you know, assume my responsibilities of being a wife. And what does a wife look like? Because it tells you to submit under your husband. If your husband is godly, you know, you submit. And so it was, it was hard, but, um, but I he told kept people, you grounded. Yes, but he kept me grounded. Thank you, Dr. Butler. He kept me grounded. Uh, well, you know, and that's why I said, um, thank God for my wife, because um, she's a praying woman. And, you know, kind of like you, when I walked through the, the door, um, you know, put my briefcase down or a bag down. It was just like, oh, you know, and she would say, <laughs> and she would say, um, so we need to pray. Hold on, I want to gripe. No, we need to pray. Yeah, baby, we need to pray. But one thing I, I did learn through all of that, um, Genesis, was that, um, you know, sometimes uh, our enemies will either defeat us or define us. And, you know, when, we, when we're when we going through these things, and you went through it, um, your enemies in corporate America they didn't defeat you, but it did have an opportunity to find you because you ended up writing a book and all of the other things that, that you've launched. Probably, if you had been satisfied where you were, if these people had treated you right, we probably wouldn't be talking today. So it's amazing how um, our enemies can propel us into the next place we need to be. There would not have been a King David, I don't believe, without a Goliath. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, 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 there are gonna be giants in our way that only we're equipped to bring down. And so what you're saying about corporate America and what you're bringing, this piece that you're bringing and your energy that you're bringing about what's going on in corporate America needs to be said. And so I wanna thank you for that. And with that said, you have a book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. Tell me a little bit about, about this book. And and I know a little bit of the story. You know, you blew my mind when I first found out that you wrote your book. Was it on a cell phone or a tablet? On a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. You millennials. And that's, that's not the negative, what I'm saying when I say millennials. You know, because when I wrote my first book back in uh, the early 2000s, I, I, I think I had a... <laughs> I hate to even say it. I think I still had a typewriter. What? No. <laughs> I'm being very serious. My first book, when I when I when I worked on my master's, and uh, yeah, when I worked on my master's, my thesis was on actually. And that's how old I am, Genesis. Watch it now. Watch it. I told you <laughs> you're not old. old you're seasoned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was actually on a typewriter. And so to see uh, technology come so far that here you are, you've, you've written uh, such a, a poignant book uh, on your cell phone just, just shows the generational, how technology advances generation, generation. So share with us about your book and, and I've already let the cat out of the bag that you wrote it on your, on your cell phone, which to me is just absolutely phenomenal already. So share with us about your book. Yeah. So the book came out in May 2020, and then I recently released the second edition in February 2021. So the book 
to be honest, when I wrote it on my cell phone, it started out of frustration. And it came right after a performance review where I heard some negative remarks and I also heard some great remarks. But the great remarks outweighed the negative remarks. But my supervisor at the time was a older Caucasian male. No, I take that back. It was an older Caucasian female at the time because this is from my last role, which kind of broke broke the board in a piece um and she pretty much told me you're not going to be due for a promotion for two years you're not going to get a salary treatment for two years because i was fighting to get um my salary treatment corrected because while working for this company for seven seven and a half years i started in 2013 well no actually yeah seven and a half i started 2013 as an administrative assistant when i left the company i was a compliance coordinator but last year even though i was doing the work of a professional they were still paying me as an admin until you know she broke like i said she broke that board and i pulled out my phone and i wrote down a chocolate drop in corporate america because she and then I wrote down like three sentences because I had her as a boss for like a little over three years. And that was what jump started the book because I started writing the book in 2019, the end of 2019. The book came out in May 2020. But had I not been so frustrated and irritated, it wouldn't have given me that fuel to just pull out my phone and just write down chocolate drop in corporate America from the pit to the palace with a few sentences. And that was my way of kind of just releasing the negative thoughts in my head and putting it out on paper before I, you know, had, you know, any faux pas that came out of my mouth that I couldn't have taken back. And then you would have saw that, you know, my time there would have been a lot shorter. So I was like, let me be wise as the serpent, but harmless as the dove. And there's always two ways to skin a cat. so then just fast forwarding i didn't even think nothing about it i wasn't even thinking about writing a book but i went to this small group here at lakewood church where it was just people who were church members and people who weren't church members at a group called um the league where it was different women um professionals that would come all over the city of houston and just kind of fellowship there and i met an author there and i kid you not that was like confirmation that God was speaking to me that I needed to not only pen it but birth it so I kid you not I felt like it was my Mary and Elizabeth Mm -hmm. um situation because she's like she started telling me about like what she does and stuff like that and I was just so intrigued and that was like the first glimpse that something was going to be ignited then I let a few weeks go by Dr. Butler and something just you know dropped in my spirit reach out to Tyra and see if she wants to meet you for a coffee chat so I texted her I said hey Tyra would you like to meet me at Starbucks for a coffee chat I was just really intrigued by your presence and I kind of want to learn a little bit more about what you do because I saw that she wasn't trading her time for money she was an author she was doing other things over there and not that I was being envious or jealous I was intrigued by but what what she was doing and it was in that moment at Starbucks that my 
meta my baby leap metaphorically speaking and that baby was the book chocolate drop in corporate america because i shared with her the few sentences i wrote down as well as some other things that i had written down in my notes and she's like have you thought about writing a book that was the first question I said, no, not really. Writing is therapeutic to me. It's a way that, you know, I practice my self-care. I reflect and I let God, you know, as I'm reflecting, I let God download to me what he's trying to get in me and through me. And then I said, okay, wait, hold up, because you're not the first person that asked me about this book. So I said, God, is this, and I had to talk to God. I was talking to God in my head as I was talking to her, if that makes sense. Right. And I'm like, God, is is this confirmation? Because I don't want you to just say, I sent you the, the boat. I sent you the life jacket. <laughs> I sent you the- You didn't get in and <laughs> yes. you drowned. Yes. What are you doing here? <laughs> did so I said, yeah, I got you. Been there, been there. I just said, if you could have just saw like me, like how I was talking to myself in my head and I was allowing God to pour in, but then I had a physical person in front of me that I was talking to. And that's when I kind of like, you know, kind of dropped my shoulders and I was at ease and I was like, okay, Jesus, take the wheel, do, do what you want to do. So the next day after that, the after that coffee chat she's like hey my publisher is running a competition she's looking for new authors you should enter it and i'm like what am i going to enter and she's like chocolate drop in corp i said yeah with three sentences that's going to meet the requirement but i said no 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 i said god you just told me to be obedient i said i bind this in the name of jesus i bind disobedience i'm going to be obedient and i'm going to heed to it so i heeded to it and fast forwarding the book came out um, not just one edition, but the second edition in February this year, which came after the after my layoff because, okay, let me back up here so it's making sense. So after my, you know how I told you how my boss said that I wasn't going to get a pay increase, I wasn't going to get a salary treatment, right? When the first edition of the book came out, it was a little bit before the Black Lives Matter movement. Follow me, y'all. So then George Floyd the incident happened where George Floyd was murdered on national TV. So my company didn't put a statement out, but we kind of, and when I say we, those of us that identified as African-Americans, we were part of this ERG group and we forced them to turn the hands of the CEO because I was like, if he's not going to speak out, what is he saying about those of us that identify as black African-American or hell minorities? So then a statement comes out. Then I see another thing from the vice president of supply chain. And he called all of us in a meeting, those of us that identified as African-Americans, it was on Zoom and people had the option to speak up freely or then he would just call on people. So he called on me. By this point, I was like, I had no, no skin in the game. I was already mentally checked out after just going through so many trials and tribulations. I was like, I'm just gonna go here, get my paycheck, worry about my family. That was all I was concerned. Gotcha. So when he called on me, he's like, can you share how you have been affected by racism, personally and professionally? I was like, in my head, I'm like, they ain't ready, they ain't ready. <laughs> so I was like, okay, come on, Jesus, come on. Um, so then I told him, I said, you know, personally, how I was affected by, by racism is when I'm in the grocery store with my niece and nephew who are half Caucasian, half black, and I see an older white woman come up to me and ask me, whose kids are those? I'm like, wait, hold up, pump your brakes, drive slow, homie. I was like, okay, 
let me, is this Genesis before Christ that's about to pop off? Or is this Genesis after Christ? Because, you know, sometimes I go there. But I said, no, no, no. I'm in a predominantly white area that I live in at Kroger's. I was like, I'm not going to give this lady the satisfaction. And I'm not going to let her push my buttons. Right. So... You know, I had to think about how I was going to react. But then once I got my words together, I let her know. I let her know in so many other words that she started to turn red as a cherry tomato. So, boo-boo, I'm going to need you to stop right there and mind your business. That's go right. about your way and get That's your right. grocery. And don't worry about whose kids I'm, whose kids I have. Even if they don't look black, they're with me and they're holding my hand. You don't know if my husband was white. You don't know if these kids were adopted or whatever the case may be. And it's not my place for me to, you know, give her the satisfaction that she wants and you know lay everything out that was the first incident the second incident i was at i think it was at a mexican restaurant so now you shared you were sharing this to the vp yeah i shared this to the vp on the call and i gave the second uh personal situation right yeah experience and i said i was at a mexican restaurant with my old with my old boss from another company and her and I have pulled up this Hispanic couple came into the parking lot flying and they hit the front of my car. And I was like, did they just hit a parked car? I was like, no, this can't be real. So then I just got out and I looked at my my car to see what damage was done. And it wasn't much damage, but it was the principle of the situation. And I was like, I told her, ma'am, you just hit my car, whatnot. And then she's like, are you serious? You're there's no damage. And I was like, you bent the license plate. And I said, I was gonna let you go, but the fact that you weren't even gonna acknowledge it, and the fact that you're talking to me as if I'm less than, as if I'm not a human being like you are, that's where we're gonna have some problems. Then she went on to say, You effing N word. And that I'm telling you, Dr. Andrew, <laughs> Jesus had to get off the cross that day because I was about to be like Medea on Tyler Perry. I was about to say, okay, let me roll up my sleeves, take off my earrings, and we're going to fight. But my old, my old boss, she's an older lady. She's right. in her 40s. And she's like, baby, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, you you, you, walk in with, you walk in with God. It ain't worth it. And I said, That's right. ooh, let me take a deep breath because this lady got me riled up. <laughs> okay, so then I, sh- I shared that. So those were my two personal experiences. Then he's like, okay, professional. So I was like, well, it's funny how I started with this company in 2013 as an administrative assistant. I got my four-year degree, um, changed my degree to fit the company structure here. I went from a psychology major to getting my degree, a bachelor's of science in supply chain and logistics technology with double minors in purchasing and organizational leadership and supervision from the University of Houston, which is a tier one school, and I graduated with honors. To now, I, now after I got my degree, I had to jump through y'all's invisible hoops to get into a professional role. I did get that professional role as a raw material coordinator mm. for polypropylene. Mm. Polypropylene is a form of plastics. Right. So not only did I go from an administrative assistant to a coordinator role, but I control all the chemicals, um, all the raw material chemicals that went into making polypropylene for a large chemical plant for a Fortune 500 company. Then after that, I got engaged during that time period. So I no longer could be doing the long commute because I was spending four hours a day commuting to work total 
paying tolls and paying gas because I was commuting from one city all the way to another. And by the time I got home, all the vendors were closed. So my husband planned our whole wedding, except my dress, my makeup, and my hair. Hmm. Um, then I was like, this is affecting my, my home life because I had to remember that. Then after that role, I lasted in that role for 11 months, Dr. Butler. Then I went on to trade regulations as a compliance coordinator, which I knew nothing about trade regulations or compliance, because mind you, my degree was is in supply chain. Supply chain, right. So I did not have, you know, proper proper knowledge or training, but they kind of threw me to the wolves. But I said, you know what? This is gonna be a stretch opportunity where I'm gonna be stretched and pulled. But you know what? I got somebody on my side that's invisible, that's omnipresent, that is my heavenly father that's fighting for me despite what the natural looks like. So I went in and I did that role. That was the last role that I had with the company. So I said, you could see how from 2013 all the way up to 2020, I've had all these all these different roles and responsibilities and I met my metrics every time. But yet you all were still paying me as an administrative assistant, even though now as a compliance coordinator, because this was 2020 when we had this discussion, right. Right. even now as a compliance coordinator, not only do I have an Amex card, a company credit card, not only do I travel for the company, so I travel and I go to the global distributors. I represent this company, this company right yes to c-suite executives or people that have the power to make an influence by myself so if i was not competent and you saw me as an admin why are you letting me this black brown girl go represent your company to these higher ups to tell them about kpis key performance indicators discover rcas root cause analysis talk about so many things and yes i'm grateful for the opportunity and i'm not saying this big-headed but just help me understand why would i not be you know given the pay that i deserve if i'm doing the work and my metrics are speaking for itself and, and what did, see, how did he feel how did he feel when you brought all this to him Oh, he, he was taken back by it. Okay. And, you know, the good thing about this discussion was there was one HR person in the room and there was less than 30 of us that identified as Black or African-American in a global supply chain. So if that doesn't make yeah. you shake. Oh, no, I'm, I'm with you because I, I was, a, I was a, uh, a, a corporate buyer myself and that's what I retired from doing. So I understand what I understand what you're saying. Uh, the the uh, so so did did he give you any um did he give you any response to to what you shared with him? yeah he gave me some re some response and he said i thank you so much for sharing we're gonna look into this and i kid you not one week after that discussion my salary increased by 20 percent even though my boss told me a week before that i wasn't gonna get a pay increase yeah, for two years, wow. and I wasn't going to get um, a promotion. But God, but you know what? Not only was it God, but it was also them trying to clean up their act. And to of me, course. it felt like it was hush money. Because right. now you have this pressure of those who are saying, what are these companies doing to 
stand up and speak out about diversity, right. equity, inclusion, especially with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. So I was like, don't act like like you really want to do that. You wanted to give me this money to hush me up because now you see that what I was saying was not lining up. And then I even had evidence where it showed my CL level. At the time, my classification level was a 15 and my peers were starting out as a CL 22. So you wow. could see you could yeah, see the difference. There's something there, there's something definitely wrong with that. Um, with the and and this 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 transpires all through corporate America, it reverberates through corporate America. Um, and and for for me, um, Genesis, when you well, you probably saw it as well. You, you guys hear me very closely because because I saw this myself. I had when President Obama was in was the president of the United States. If you if you're not if you're not in management not african american you won't understand this most races could not retaliate against him so usually it was the people they managed I'm, i literally saw this myself <laughs> i literally saw that myself uh but, but with that said Genesis, we're going to have to to, to uh, cut our conversation short, unfortunately, and we're going to invite you back to Moments of Grace. But how can people get your book uh, and and get in contact with? So you can find my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace on Amazon. It's $13. I have a Kindle edition only for the first edition of the book, which is $2.99. Also, the book is available at major bookstores such as Barnes and Nobles, Books a Millions. There are a few black bookstores such as Book Mecca and Shelves Bookstore. And if you're interested in getting an autographed copy by me, you could reach me at Genesis, that's G E N. N-E-S-I-S Amaris A-M-A-R-I-S Kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where we could talk about um, me signing a copy of the book and then I always put not just as not just my signature but also a personalized message that speaks to you and if you want to find me I am on Facebook as Genesis Amaris Kemp and also Instagram at Genesis Amaris Kemp so be sure to connect with me and just let's have a fruitful conversation. If you're interested in booking me, we could do that too. Wonderful, wonderful. And you, and you will not, um, you, you, I can guarantee you, um, you hear a passion. I always say passion produces power. You can hear her passion. And if you, if you want someone to come in and, and speak to your event, or you want to connect with somebody that's, that's positive, that's going to take you to another level, I want to encourage you to uh, reach out to Genesis. Um, thank you so much for being with us here on Moments of Grace, Genesis. And, and we've got to get you back. Um, our conversation isn't done. So we could, especially now that you let me know I'm not old, I'm seasoned. So I have to tell, <laughs> I'll have to tell my daughter that when she, when I tell her I'm old and she always says, daddy, you're not old. And I said, girl, you don't know about these bones. So I have to tell her I'm seasoned <laughs> from now on. So. so we want to thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Butler. Uh, we've been talking with Genesis Kemp and my brothers and sisters, as you as you hear her story, these this is real in America. This is real in America. Um, the only way things are going to change for us to be 
treat each other as we should is we have to replace our biases with the basics. What are the basics? That hate has no place in our society and hate has no place in our lives. That's the basics. I always say, if you have to use your five senses to determine something about me, then you have a mental problem. Yes, if you have to use your eyes to predetermine who I am as a man, or you have to use one of your five senses instead of understanding me, then you have a mental problem. Genesis has written a book, and I would encourage you to get her book, uh, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America from the Pit to the Palace. It will bless your soul. And it doesn't matter who you are, um, if you are in corporate America and want to understand what people of color go through, get a book. It will help you to understand a little bit more. And if you're in management and you're um, the people that you're managing, you know, just, just are kind of horrified with you as a manager, because when you're at the top of the uh, top of the pinnacle, you usually don't look at people below you. But we all need to look at each other as human beings. And with that said, we thank you for being here with us on Moments of Grace. And we're getting ready to uh, go to the next level, go a little bit higher. And we want to again thank Genesis for being with us. But as you listen to our story, before we go, I want you to remember this, that the only way to gauge the size of your anointing is to gauge the size of your adversary. And that's what Genesis did. With that said, thank you so much for being here with us on Moments of Grace. Remember, love God, love life. We'll see you next time on Moments of Grace. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Genesis. I'm sorry for cutting you short, dear. I, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm on a round robin today. I got started at 10 and I will end at 7 tonight because I'm not interviewing. I'm not doing anything in May. This is my, my anniversary, my mom's birthday, my daughter's birthday. So I'm not doing any interviews. So I'm doing a month's worth of work in one day. <laughs> so I, so I no totally apologize for cutting you, cutting you short because, but we will have to have you back, you know, maybe later on in the year. And I just want to encourage you, keep it up. You're doing, you're doing good. I, I you know, uh, kind of, uh, you came up on our radar last year and we just see you all over Facebook and all over Instagram and doing some great things and so positive and everything. So I just want to encourage you, my sister, to continue to move forward. Thank you so much, Dr. Uh, Butler. I really appreciate it. And we'll let you know when this is going to come out. It'll come out sometime next month. Like I said, I'm doing a month's worth of work okay. today. And so, but we'll let you know when, when this interview comes out. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day and make sure you practice some self-care. Don't be super busy that you forget to take breaks. Thank you so much, dear. I appreciate that. And you have a day of grace. Okay. Okay. You take too. care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.